This is the Modern Stoicism Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. Joining me on the podcast today is Greg Sadler. Greg is the editor of the Stoicism Today blog. He is a certified philosophical counselor. He teaches at the Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design, and he is a team member of Modern Stoicism. Greg, thank you for being on the podcast with us today. Well, I'm glad to be here. So, Greg, you are someone who actually works with the organization Modern Stoicism, and uh, one of your key roles is working with um, the blog Stoicism Today. Before we get too deep into the topics of um, you know, the organization as a whole and whatnot, how did you first get involved in the organization? Well, it, it was in part through Stoicism Today, because I'm the second editor the initial editor, Patrick Usher, I think I pitched him something. They had a, you know, a button for uh, sending something off. And so I pitched him something that then went into the blog. And that was the initial connection. I, you know, I'd read, I, I knew about some of the, the people involved, like Chris Gill, um, through, you know, reading his, his work in Hellenistic philosophy or John Sellers as well. And I knew about Massimo, um, but I didn't know that there was an actual movement going. So they, you know, I, I guess um, sort of seeing that I had an interest and that I was willing to do work on, on things kind of sucked me into the, the movement itself. But I, I'd been studying Stoicism for quite a while before that. Um, in part, I got, I got drawn in through research interests in understanding emotions, particularly anger. So did your uh, entrance into the practice start um, for personal reasons or academic reasons? Well, both. I'm, I'm the sort of academic who has always viewed philosophy as something that has to be practical. And, you know, it, you, it's fine to have people studying things for their own sake, I suppose. But a lot of academic philosophy is... Um, you don't, people don't do much with it. I was always attracted to things that you could do something with. So, you know, I get, I got introduced to Stoicism uh, through reading some Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius when I was an undergrad. And I probably only understood a small portion of what I was reading. And I wasn't very attracted to the temperance part, you know, I was more attracted to the hardening yourself against a hostile world part. But when I, when I got through graduate school and then I started my first teaching work and I was continuing my, my research, I'd been somebody who'd struggled with anger a lot in my entire life. So I was looking at philosophical resources and, and Aristotle was useful and uh, so was Cicero and, and uh, uh, Plato and some of the Platonists. But the Stoics had a lot of really concrete techniques and interesting perspectives that you could bring to bear. So I, I was researching it as an academic, but I was also researching it as somebody who wanted to apply this stuff in my own life. So is that why you um, moved towards taking over the Stoicism Today blog and and having real people write articles about uh, the practice in their life and the practices they see it? Well, that was going on before I joined Patrick Usher. He's the guy who actually started the blog. And 
it came out of Patrick was was a grad student of uh, Chris Gills at Exeter University, where they started the whole live like a stoic week and then what became Stoicons and what became uh, just called for a while stoicism today before it became modern stoicism. And he put the blog in really good shape before he turned it over to me. He was he was in charge of it for three to four years, I would say. And so he was the one who got got the right sort of habits set up. You know, people started sending things in and he would he would work with them and then he would he would publish it. So by the time that they asked me to take over and and the only reason they asked me to take over is because Patrick wanted to move on. He'd finished graduate school. He wanted to do some other things. Um, I could sort of just step in and tweak a few things here and there rather than having to build anything from the ground up. So what have you, uh, what has your experience been like so far working with the blog and working with modern stoicism? Is it, has it been one of, uh, ease and, and the ability to just kind of walk into the job or has it been one where there's been some challenges and there's been some efforts that you've had to put in to make it into something that you are proud of? Well, it's it is a lot of work. Everybody in the modern stoicism organization at this point is a volunteer, so we all put in lots and lots of hours and, and the blog is, you know, it's a, it essentially like an online magazine. So, they did have um an edit an assistant editor before, but I thought I didn't actually need that because he was doing all the copy editing. So, I, I do pretty much all the stuff in-house now and it's kind of feast or famine. You know, we get a lot of submissions or at least pitches and they, they all come in at once. And so you'll have like 10 people pitching you things, um, some of which are not suitable for the blog. They're just people trying to, you know, hop in on, on the popularity of stoicism and, and get some notoriety or make some money or direct you to, to their stuff. But most of the stuff that we get is, is actually pretty good. Some of it is like ready to go right away because the people are are excellent authors. Some of it, um, you know, I got to work with the authors, go back and forth with them, say, I'd like to see more of this or less of this, doing, doing this sort of thing that an editor does. And we have, I will say this, we have kind of pushed towards doing more and more substantive pieces rather than real short pieces. Um, at the beginning, you know, um, Pieces might be as short as 500 words. Now, since the blog has been around for a while and we've developed a readership that wants something with a bit more substance to it, I actually put a cap. It needs to be at least 1,500 words or we're not looking at it for a, a Saturday post. We, we have a few exceptions when we do online symposia or we make a call on a particular topic and say we're looking for short pieces. But in, in general, we're, we're looking for things that are longer than the usual um, submission blogs out there are. And, and, and a lot of the people who are used to writing for those will send things in that are, you know, just 700 words. And I'll say, well, you know, when we first started, this would have been good. Now we have a readership that wants something with a bit more meat on the bones. So let's, let's develop this part and this part and this part. Um, there, you know, the other thing that's kind of an interesting challenge that came up is, we had some trolls and we had to kind of figure out what to do with them. You know, people like to weigh in about anything philosophical, particularly when it has practical applications and they can get quite worked up about it. And, you know, I, I had to, to, to 
think a lot about this and I did consult some of the other members of the team. Um, is, is it primarily about allowing as much free speech as possible, even when the people are acting like jerks, um, and, and deliberately so, or do we want to have a more focused and also supportive community of inquiry involved? And, and we decided for the, the latter. So there are, there are some people who can't comment on the blog at this point in time. So there's definitely some temperance that must be exercised in, uh, and some justice when it comes to reading through the comments on some of these articles. Yeah. And, and on the part of the commenters, what we're looking for is people who actually have goodwill, who are not just trying to score points or, um, you know, to, to hurt people. Uh, and, and that does fall under the stoic virtue of justice, um, which, which has a number of different sub virtues incorporated in it. But yeah, it's 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 always kind of weird when you're dealing with these these communities that are oriented around virtue ethics to see people who clearly, you know, they they know about virtue ethics but they don't have the dispositions. They they're almost like going contrary to to what the teachings are. Um so that's that's been a, a challenge. <laughs> yeah, but but one we've dealt with. I mean, it sounds like a challenge uh certainly um feedback that I've been getting for the podcast and whatnot definitely, you know, reflects some of that. There's a lot of goodwill. And then occasionally yeah. there's people who, who say they, they read Marcus and they read this and that. And all of a sudden you get an, you get a comment that's all capitals and mostly yeah vulgar language. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's one of those things. It's, a I don't know thing. if you've been on like the Facebook groups, but there's lots and lots of that in, in them. The one that Donald actually moderates, he's, he's had to kick a number of people out and then they go to the ones that are a little bit more wild west, you know, where it's like, well, if you're if you can't make it in the, the this stoicism group, uh, you can you can be in our group. And then people act like jerks to each other there. And yeah, I, I think something like that happens in the Yahoo forums, but I haven't looked at those for years. So or or on Reddit, you know. So what would you say are main tenets of the Stoicism Today blog? Is it um is it is it a smaller part of a bigger organization or do you view it as a standalone body type thing? What, uh, what would you say are those? Well, it's definitely part of the modern stoicism organization and it sort of acts as a mouthpiece for it when we have important news to announce, you know, for instance, when we incorporated as a, uh, nonprofit company, uh, which was, I think back in 2018 or so. So, you know, we put an announcement in a, discussion about it. The recent post about all the different functions of, of modern stoicism, including this podcast and, and including uh, stoicism today, but so many other things, um, you know, that goes into stoicism today. So when, when there's anything happening like Stoicon coming up or events or um, Stoic Week approaching or SMRT, that all goes into the blog. But the other thing that we do is, because you notice most of the posts are actually guest posts, it, it provides a kind of forum for people who have an interest in Stoicism, and they don't necessarily need to be experts or even at intermediate level, they can be beginners, but they have something to say because they've tried something out or there's something that's interesting them or sometimes even um, bothering them. You notice that some of the posts are about, um, here's what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing, here's how I'm failing, here's what I'm trying to do to remedy that failure. So it, it allows people to have a voice 
and it's become a, a main fixture in the modern Stoic community. And so it fits in with the, the main mission of modern Stoicism, LTD, which is, there's actually a number of different points, but I'm, I'm just going to talk about a, a few of them. One of them is to actually promote understanding of, of Stoicism worldwide. So having a regular publication plays a major role in that. Um, and also allowing people to come in. It's not just us, you know, me and Massimo and Chris and, and the other Greg, Greg Lopez or whoever else sort of pushing our stuff out. We, we allow the, the readership and the and now we have you know listenership as well to be able to participate in a more active way so in your mind do you think that the stoicism today blog fulfills a major tenet of of our practice the idea towards discourse or the idea towards um the sharing of ideas or or some kind of philosophical practice that we've seen throughout history yeah, you know, something that they don't talk that much about in classic Stoicism, but has become clear to me is really quite important, is the building of community and being able to connect up with other people and and talk back and forth, or at least have something central to talk about. Um, you know, we, we have this Worldwide Stoic Fellowship, which is a different organization, and there's chapters all over the place. We have a local one here in Milwaukee. You guys have one in Toronto. And each of these um, chapters can draw on the different resources that modern Stoicism has, has put out there and, and publicize their, their stuff within Stoicism today. So that being able to go through it together with other people and to talk about what you're doing and compare notes is, is really quite important. And I think that that was there in ancient Stoicism. They just didn't, they, they took it for granted. They didn't talk about it as much because they, they didn't need to. Whereas we live in a, a world where it's often tougher to, to find people that are into the you know, same stuff that you want to study or practice. Um, and so the internet has, come in as this incredible medium for being able to do that. So, yeah, I, I would say that that the blog does play an important role, but but so do all the other functions of, of, of modern Stoicism. Holding the annual Stoicons, I think, is, is you know, that that's a really cool feature. Um, you know, providing the, the Stoic Week course, I think that has been absolutely central. You know, there, there's so many people who go through it every year. You know, stepping towards speaking about the larger organization, um, modern stoicism as a whole has so many functions. And I think you've listed them all. You've listed some of them off here. I think I think we should make sure that we talk to some of those points, though, because there's certainly, as you've said, there's Stoicon. Um, yeah. Another one I think you mentioned was Stoic Week. Um, yeah. What else? What else should we be making sure that we discuss here? Um. That's a good question. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's interesting because when we have meetings, we're we're constantly talking about well the stuff that we've been doing. Let's keep doing that, and then what what else can we add to it? What what new things can we bring in? And and you want to avoid the the sort of um, kid in the candy store phenomenon of oh there's all these different things we could be doing right because we don't want we're all pretty busy people everyone who's who's involved with it. Um, but we do want to keep the community growing and continue to do more and more 
outreach. So one of the things they've been talking about recently is developing more resources for um, elementary to, to high school kids and, and teachers to bring stoicism into classrooms. Uh, I think that's a, a really important area. I, I think we also, we're probably going to have to grow the organization just in terms of its, its uh, staff and, and structure in order to keep getting things done. You know, we're now at the point where, so the, the original members would have gotten together in 2012. So eight years, you know, uh, they, they're originally psychotherapists and uh, philosophers and other practitioners who got together and, and had a live like a stoic week and uh, the first stoic on. And it just has grown from there. You know, it keeps getting more and more people. But quite a few of the original founding members are no longer carrying out active work in the organization. And it's people like like myself or Massimo Pigliucci or Greg Lopez or, or yourself who have, you know, come in and added something. And I think we're going to, we're going to have to start recruiting more young members. You know, most of the original group um, and, and the, the, the recent additions, most of us are, we're not, you know, retirement age, although Chris Gill is, uh, but um, you know, we're getting up there. And if we want this to be a, a vital concern that continues on for multiple generations, we have to start incorporating other generations. I think that that's part of what, I don't know if you've heard about the Aurelius uh, Institute, but that's part of their mission. And that's one reason why, why uh, modern stoicism is partnering with them. They're oriented specifically to people. I think under, under 35 is the cutoff. Um, so there's, there's, there's all this cool stuff going on. The trick is making sure that it all stays more or less coordinated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it's interesting you mentioned the, the, the Aurelius Institute or because they are very much aiming towards grassroots, uh, yeah. situations and, um, modern stoicism and stoicism today. Um, from my experience so far, generally there's a large academic following and there's a large, um, adult following, but, um, uh, you know, I mean, one of the reasons why I was keen to help with the podcast was because if I felt like it could be a new avenue to be able to reach out to Stoics within the world who yeah. wanted to learn more and just ha find out where they could go for, you know, 30 to 45 minutes and say, I'm going to listen about this. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I can definitely see your point on that. I mean, uh, grassroots is definitely, um, a very untapped area of our population that I think, you know, could, could both benefit as well as provide opportunities for modern stoicism. I mean, that's my viewpoint, but I, I've only been doing this for a very short time. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting the, um, Stoic Con, you know, the big conference draws anywhere from 250 to 400 people. It's going to be held virtually this year, which is a whole different ballgame. We don't, we, we don't really know what's going to happen in terms of uh, participation, but it'll probably be larger than that. But we also have these Stoic Con X events that, that people put on, and that's up to local communities to organize. Modern Stoicism gets to say what qualifies and what doesn't qualify as a Stoic Con X because we have to maintain some, you know, measures of quality, you could say. Uh, you can't just have any anybody who wants to uh, 
make a buck or <laughs> bring people together <laughs> to say, say it was Stoic on X, right? Any more than you can have like TEDx doing, doing that. Um, but one of the cool things that we were doing, again, this is before COVID was happening, Stoic on X events were being used to sort of like lay the groundwork in a more grassroots way for having a Stoicon in another place. So if you can put on a 80 person or a hundred person event and do the catering and do the publicization and, and get yourself on some radio or television or other news things, if you can show that you can do that, then there's a good prospect that you might be able to have a Stoicon in your city. That was the reasoning behind it. And, uh, not every, you know, not every Stoicon X event was necessarily like that. You know, the one in Perth, Australia, um, which I, I, I think I know either Massimo or Donald gave a talk at a couple of years ago and I gave a talk at last year, um, remotely, obviously you're not going to get a lot of people flying out to Australia. Um, but you know, Toronto, good location for that. Uh, I think that came out in part from sort of grassroots organize, or organize, organizing. Um, and, you know, we'll have to see once once uh, our world recovers from COVID, what, what we're going to do with it in the future. I think for now, of course, everything is going to be online. So local events aren't really local anymore. You know, we'll have a Stoicon X again here in Milwaukee, but it won't be like last year we, we had, you know, in person. It'll be people attending from all over the world, depending on time zone. You know, probably not going to get too many people from Australia or Japan during during our time because they're almost diametrically opposite us. Um, but uh, all the other Stoicon Xs, I imagine, are going to have a lot more participation and... Um, you know, just like with the local Stoic communities that have all gone online, there'll be a, a closer network of people from other other local Stoas. So that's kind of a cool thing. I mean, talk about, you know, making a virtue of necessity, right? Since we can't get together face-to-face, um, we can do that instead. Absolutely. And I think certainly... Um... You know, I think one thing we should make sure that we talk about is that uh, if anyone wants to begin working on a Stoicon X in their own community, they certainly can start. Um, they can find resources within modernstoicism.com. Am, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, although right now, I think they might have to do a bit of digging to get to the Stoicon X guidelines. Um, there is a Stoicon X committee with the Stoic Fellowship. So, I mean, here's the thing. If somebody wants to have their own Stoicon X event, they really should have a Stoic Fellowship in place before they, before they try to do that. You know, they should have a local organization that they've built up a bit. There are, I don't know how many of them out there now worldwide, something like 60 or 70 of them. So... You know, I, some people are often surprised to find out that one exists in their town. So if, if anybody wants to find out whether there is one near them, just go to uh, Stoic Fellowship, uh, the website, and uh, take a look at their map. But then, yeah, once you've got enough people who are interested in doing it, there's some guidelines for it. The guidelines are not meant to be overly restrictive. They're meant to, you know, help people along drawing on the experience of other people that have done it, what works for events, what doesn't work for events, 
And um, the the one thing that is different this year is that the modern Stoicism organization has gone through and and um, sort of formally uh, trade named Stoicon X, so that if somebody wants to use that, they do have to they have to check in. You could say. Okay, so there is some avenue for support there, which I oh, I, yeah. I I knew there was, but also uh, you know a couple couple things on a checklist that people should be doing. I'll make sure to uh, add the link for that in the show notes for anybody who's listening today. The other thing I'll add too is um, so so oftentimes Stoicon X's would be held like around the time that main, the main Stoicon um, is held, which is usually like. Um, anywhere from late September to early November, most of them have been in October. And then we have Stoic Week immediately following that. So, and, and anybody can have a Stoic Week event if they want to. They don't have to have a Stoicon X. Stoicon X is a bit more, you know, more organized, more, more production, you could say, involved in that. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't have events at any time of the year that you want to. They had a Stoicon X out in the Netherlands, I want to say in Ghent and Massimo and Donald were the speakers there um, speaking remotely. So it's, you know, it's possible to do it at pretty much any time of the year. Well, that's really good. I mean, certainly if you're listening today and you'd like to get started, um, you can check the show notes for some links and you'll also be able to uh, head on over to modernstoicism.com and take a look for some of the Stoicon X information. So, so Greg, I guess... One thing I wanted to make sure I asked you was, um, what do you think, what would you like people to know about either modern Stoicism or Stoicism today that you find is generally not so well known right now? That's, well, that's, there's, that's a great question that <laughs> opens up like a whole different can of worms, <laughs> I guess you could say. Uh, so it's kind of like triage. What, what things most do I want them to know? Um, I mean, just on a personal note, there there is a distinction between the modern Stoicism site, which Stoicism Today is housed on, and the actual blog itself. Um, and I know that people do confuse them because oftentimes when they pitch me things, they talk about, you know, could this go on to the modernstoicism.com site, um, which is, you know, mostly just resources, Um and links to things, but, but that's kind of a minor thing. I guess the, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that we have a large academic audience. I don't think we actually have a large academic audience. Um, I think we have a much vaster popular audience and we're still at the stage where quite a few of the things that we do are not taken that seriously by the academic community. There are some, you know, there's always some people who are like, oh, that's really cool what you're doing. But there's also this, this sense of anything that's practical in philosophy or in the humanities is to be distrusted. It's kind of watering things down. And so, you know, we, we'd, like to, um, we'd like to overcome that a bit. And I think that um, quite a few of the activities that we're, we're doing are oriented towards that. Um, what else about modern stoicism? I mean, it's a really great organization. You know, I like having, I'll put it to you this way, uh, and I think you can probably entirely uh, relate to this. So in a lot of companies, you don't like going to meetings, right? Because meetings are a waste of time and there's personality conflicts and they're sometimes boring or things like that. It's not like that when we have a team meeting for modern stoicism. 
we do sometimes argue because we'll be like, well, I think the, the priority ought to be here. Or we ought to be doing things this way. But nobody argues in a mean spirit. There's no personality conflicts. There's the, So people are actually like practicing what they're preaching, which is very nice to see, very gratifying uh, from, from the perspective of a, a practical philosopher who's interested in this thing we call stoicism. Um, and, and, you know, I think as we expand the organization and its staff, we're going to be looking out for people like that, people who want to continue the good work that modern stoicism is doing. So Greg, what do you think is next for you on your stoic journey? Oh, well, um, I'm doing some collaborative work with, uh, a few different people, um, working together with Tim Laban, who's one of the team members who does a lot of the quantitative analysis. He and I are doing some collaborative work on stoicism and emotion. And I'm also working with a master's student from the University of Oslo, uh, Harald Kavli, who uh, organized the Oslo Stoics and is quite active in the Stoic Fellowship. And he and I are doing a good bit of academic work on Stoic paradoxes and things like that. So there's some writing projects underway. I'm also working on a book on uh, what living in accordance with nature actually means, because it's a uh, quite a complicated idea when, when we start going into the Stoic texts. And, you know, I just keep churning away um, my, my, my playlist of videos that I've created on Stoicism is over 200 now. And uh, I keep adding more and more content to that um, in my main YouTube channel. And uh, some of that gets turned into podcasts and the Sadler's Lectures podcast, um, which is now close to 200 uh, episodes just, just for that. Um, you know, the, the local Milwaukee Stoics, um, I'm, I'm fortunate that I have a good co-leader who does a lot of the heavy lifting in that group. And eventually I'm here. Here's what I actually want to do with that. I want to shift myself out of leadership positions in the local stuff and, and, and pass it on to other people who, who want to do it. Cause that's, that's a sign of a, a good functioning organization. You don't just have the same person in charge all the time. And, you know, there's, um, as somebody who's, who's applying this stuff, it's like any other thing that you study and practice. You get a little bit better if you keep doing it each day. And, you know, being able to like look back and say, okay, I don't get angry as often as I, as I used to in the past or when I do the recovery time is quicker because I quit being so irrational. Um, those are the sort of things that I focus on as well. And I, I guess that's pretty much it, you know, um, I, I, I do still want to keep reading and rereading stuff, um, but that kind of just, that's sort of my normal MO anyway. So I, I don't even really think of that as planning. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I try to make sure that I ask this one question of all my guests. So uh, I'll wrap up, I think, with this being my final question for today, okay. which is what is your favored practice? Stoic practice that you do now? Oh, um, that's a good one. I mean, I don't really have a favorite. It's, it's, it's always tough for me to do these, these sort of like, what's your favorite book or what's your favorite band or 
things like that because um and actually I, i'm gonna like punt this to seneca seneca in in one of his letters where his interlocutor is saying hey man give me some maxims give me some what we would call sound bites or or quotes or things like that seneca eventually he does do that but at first he's like i can't do that for you because i'd be like picking things out and saying that they're like the most important or, or the best or, or particularly good, whereas the whole stuff is good, you know, they're all good. And they're all kind of a systematic whole that you um, want to put together in your head or heart or wherever else you, you want to think about it in your ruling faculty. And I kind of look at stoicism like that. I mean, I could say negative visualization is really helpful. It is. But so is like being able to, when I get angry and I'm tempted to call somebody something, uh, reflecting on the, you know, the fact that they're doing what they're doing because they think that's the right thing. That's one of the ones coming from Epictetus, but also in, in Seneca. Um, and that's just as important. And, and we could add more and more and more. So I don't have a good answer for you, unfortunately. <laughs> that's okay, though. I think, I think in any circumstance, I usually tend to quote Socrates here, which is, which is to even just try is virtuous. Greg, thank you very much for being with us on the Modern Stoicism podcast today. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. I'd like to thank Greg Sadler for being with us on the podcast today. If you'd like to find out more about Greg's work, head over to his YouTube channel, Gregory B. Sadler, to his blog, Rizanio.wordpress.com. You can find him on Facebook or on Twitter, at Philosopher70. Thanks for listening to the Modern Stoicism podcast this week. If you'd like to learn more, head over to modernstoicism.com where you can find articles, courses, our Patreon, and other resources. This week on the Stoicism Today blog, Greg Sadler has written an article entitled Stoic Inner Citadels. You've been listening to the Modern Stoicism podcast, the official podcast of modernstoicism.com. Check out all of our episodes at modernstoicismpodcast.buzzsprout.com. And if you like this content, consider rating us or giving us a thumbs up on your podcast platform of choice. You can also find us on Patreon, where patrons get access to exclusive digital content. All music provided by bensound.com.